but there we go. This is working now. Uh, thank you so much. Like I said, now what I want us to be able to look at here this morning is 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 this letter was written to the faithful. Uh, the, the later uh, Ephesus was added into it, or during that time, and they substituted it out. But this is the mystery of the church all through. History, God had created a, a, a plan that, that man could come to know Him. If you know Old Testament Scripture, uh, the, the, uh, God had chosen Israel as His own people. Uh, and, and so many similarities between the Gentile world, which is everybody except the Jews. There's a lot of, of things that have been, uh, God mirrors that New Testament old. But the one thing that is not in the Old Testament that is in the New Testament, nowhere was Israel represented as a body. The body of Christ, the body of the believers, that's the only place that is referenced is in the New Testament. There was a mystery that had been hidden for thousands of years, and, and, and God revealed the mystery of the body uh, to, uh, in the New Testament, as, as we as Gentiles were preached to, and, 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 and the message of the good news that we could be adopted into the family of God uh, as, as the body. We're going to be a bride. The every third you look at, that, 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 that God is calling those that, that would believe in Him and to accept Him and be born by Him. He's calling them into this body to make this body a bride for His church, for His Son, Jesus Christ, holy and without spot, without wrinkle of God. I mean, and, and when we're presented to Him, we're not the bride yet. We're in an engagement. Once you become a born-again believer, we are engaged. We're betrothed to Christ that on the day of the rapture when God calls all those people back. One day we'll be presented to Jesus Christ Himself as a pure, spotless virgin that is presented to Him. And and, and that is for the work that, that He done. I want you to understand this. Before the foundation of the world was ever uh, set up back in, 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 in eternity past, Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit they, they, they formed out the plans of everything. You know, some people, and when I say predestined, predestined is God knowing beforehand what was going to transpire. And, and, and when you look at it, predestined is having a knowledge of something. And there's a lot of people, like they, they put stock in all this stuff, and you see the foreknowledge written in the Bible of the foreknowledge, the foreknowledge. Well, if you knew what happened in the beginning, if you know what happens in the end, you've got the foreknowledge of what's going to take place. It's very plain and simple about predestined. God did not send anybody to hell by, 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 by His choice. Those who die and go to hell by their choice of receive, uh, not receiving Jesus in the free pardon of sin, having the blood of Jesus that, that was sacrificed, placed upon them lives to blot out their sins. And this is what's so important. When the Apostle Paul, he had to go into this city. You know, Ephesus was this miraculous. It was only second to Rome. It was a huge city. It was a fort city. And there was all kind of commerce and trade. And, you know, there was wealthy, wealthy people there in this city. And it was also a pagan city. The, 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 the goddess Diana, they had this big temple made. And, and it's not the, 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 the Roman myth or the... Or, or, or the Greek myth goddess of, the, of love that had the bow and arrow with the, the, the shape of the moon on her. The, 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 this was that, that, that vile beast uh, that had, uh, you know, it, it kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm, is it PG in here now? 
All the kids go. This statue was made, and it was a, a, a sex idol. I mean, it was just a, a, it was it was hideous to look at. And the acts that took place there in the shadows of this temple, there was prostitution, and 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 it is all kind of, of of adultery and fornication, and orgies would take place. That was how they worshipped. They fulfilled the desires of their own sinful nature to, to, to please themselves in any manner of, of what they would want to, drugs, alcohol, all these things that these people were doing was uh, self-fulfilling. This was a satanic, satanic city. Satan was in rule. He had this. But when the Apostle Paul came to Ephesus, he went to the Jewish synagogue. And when Paul got to the synagogue and Wednesday night, he got a heavy dose of the credentials of the Apostle Paul. I'm going to try to keep it a little more brief. But we need to understand when Paul says that he is an apostle of Jesus Christ. Uh, back in the day that when Jesus called the twelve apostles, he called those out. One of them was still, uh, 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 Judas was called an apostle, but he never received, the, the, he never put his faith in Jesus. He killed himself, committed suicide, and then the, the, the 13th was, uh, uh, um, and I'm sorry I didn't left my name, but there was another and they placed in his spot. Uh, but he was not a God-called or a Jesus-called uh, apostle. Uh, but the apostle Paul was visited by Jesus on the road to Damascus. It's just like this. I remember as being a 12-year-old boy sitting at Profile Baptist Church, and Brother Lee Burroughs was preaching a message. Uh, and the only thing I know is uh, the only thing I heard was, if you're lost, you're going to die and go to hell. That's the only thing I can remember about that message tonight. It says, but God made a way out that if you would place your faith in Him and submit to His authority, He'd save you, He'd sanctify you, He'd justify you, and He would promise you that He would, that, that you would have a spot in heaven. That when the rapture comes, He would bring you to heaven to live with Him forever and ever and ever to glorify Him. And, and, and But that's all I could see on my mind. The, 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 just like when Jesus Christ, Paul heard an audible voice. I heard the Spirit call. I heard a man speak. I heard a man preach. I heard ladies praying over me in the altar. I heard. I, did, I didn't see Jesus the way the Apostle Paul did. I felt the Spirit calling my life saying, Hey, son, I loved you. I died for you. If you'll accept me, I'll redeem you. I'll set you apart as, as a peculiar people. I'll put you into the family. I'll give you all the benefits of the son, of Jesus, the, the 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 promises that God gave him. I'll give you those same promises. I'll give you that same thing. Jesus Christ appeared to Paul in person, in spiritual form, but he still appeared to him. And Paul, every time he had to go into these places, he had to prove to him. He had to he had to prove to the hearers in the room. That, I, that, 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 that Jesus called me to preach the words of the Gentiles. Jesus Christ gave me a message that, that the Gentiles could be saved. Jesus Christ gave me a message that if you just trust me, if, if you look at this and you, 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 you acknowledge the sin in your life, if you uh, acknowledge that you are a sinner, I'll save you and I'll set you aside and I'll forgive all past sins, I'll forgive all present sin, and I'll forgive all future sins, but you have to acknowledge me and accept what I've done. Paul went in preaching this message, the will of God, before the foundation was ever laid, before anything transpired, God the Father and Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit says one day there'll be a boy born to a lady and his name will be Saul. 
He was a Benjamite. He was a Jew and a, and, and, and a Roman. His mother was Jew. His father was a Roman. They had a marriage. And when the Apostle Paul was conceived in his mother's womb, God had him set aside that he would be the preacher that would go out and change the, the modern world at that time to preach Jesus Christ, crucified, dead, buried, risen, and make an atonement for anybody that would believe. The Apostle Paul had to teach these things. Today we're afraid to teach this that it's only by the blood of Jesus that you can be saved, that you can have life, and you can be in heaven. But, you know, we're, we're tired of hearing about, well, preacher, I know I'm going to heaven, but what about the here and now? The book of, of Ephesians is the mystery revealed. The first three chapters shows us the mystery and the power and the promises and the blessings and things that God has designed for those that would believe in Him. This is a letter that Paul wrote to a group of people. He had went through that place three times, preaching, 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 preaching. When he went to the synagogues where the other Jews was, the ones that believed come along with him, and they went out and started. Y'all, the gospel was in leather back in them days because the leather that the gospel was in looked like this. These got the message across to everybody that wasn't Internet, wasn't radio, wasn't books published, it was the first-hand experience of God Almighty and His purpose for mankind that, that He sent His Son to die on the cross. And today we have neglected to share that message with people that Jesus loved them enough to die for. But you know what? When you look at this right here, He's preaching to those, to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Jesus Christ. If you look to Revelations, I'm sorry, Terry, I didn't mean to spit on your forehead. If you look to Revelation chapter number 2, verse number 11, it says to the faithful in the church of, 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 of Purgatory, it says if you stay faithful to the end, you'll overcome and the second death will not hurt you. And it's like, well, I thought once I saved, I was always saved. Well, if you've been saved, you're going to remain faithful. You may get out of the will a little bit, but you'll all, your heart will be faithful to God. So many times in life, people have this false experience, this great emotion that overwhelms them. They come down to an altar and they squall out and they say, Oh, God, save me. And they go right back to doing just what they was doing before. But Jesus is writing to the faithful people that had stayed behind there in Ephesus and they were still trying to go out and to evangelize the world. What is the great demise of the church today? is that we have quit going out into a lost and dying world to tell people that Jesus loved them and that He died for them and that He wants to save them. Not only does He want to save them, but He will, he, he will change them. Think about this. God loves you in, 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 in your sin, Jerry. He loves you as bad as you was. He loves you, but He loves you so much He wouldn't leave you that way. And he says, Jerry, if you'll let me, I'll change you. I'll make you a new creature. I'll give you a testimony and I'll give you a power that you can go out in my name and you can help the people around you. But so many of us, are, are, are we disqualify ourselves because of past mistakes. You know what? I'm glad before the foundation of the world was up that God predestined me to be saved. He said, I'll save that boy 
because he's got a heart that I can use. I love him. I'll save him. If he looked at me now, he may not love me so much. You know what I mean? There's enough been done in my past. He may not want to use me anymore. I'm glad it took place before everything unrolled. But you've got to look at these things, y'all. We as Christians beat ourselves up. We disqualify ourselves because of the mistakes we make. You know what the mistakes you make do? They make you a stronger man. They make you a stronger lady. They make you a stronger young man. The things that you do wrong and you learn from, guess what? You don't go through them again. The things you do wrong and you do wrong and you keep doing the same thing over and over again, guess what? You keep having to go through that same trial because you keep making the same mistakes. But Paul said he was writing this letter. And this is what I want you to understand. Grace be to you and peace from God. Every time Paul wrote this grace to you and peace from God, it never was peace from God and grace to you. Why? Because you'll never have peace in your life till you experience the grace of God. Till you're born again, you, and, and even in life, when after you're born again, there's so many times in life, preacher, I need peace. My world's upside down. It's all... You know what I want you to stop and look at for this second? Me and Robert talked about this the other day. If you're sowing thorns, you're going to reap thorns. So if you're going around acting and, and raising Cain and you causing, if you're mistreating people, guess what people's going to do to you? If you're always acting a fool and raising sand in your house and keeping everybody in an uproar, guess what's going to happen to you? We wonder why our lives are the way they are. Are you man enough? Are you woman enough to look at the kind of life you're living? This book is not for me to sit here and tell Stephanie or Norman or Tanya that, hey, you're terrible. All the things you do, all no wonder you in the shape you in. I don't have the right to do that. This book was written for me to read and understand and comprehend and to know and for me to search out those things inside of me and for God to bring to fruition and show me, Ashley Penton, if you would stop doing this, then that wouldn't happen. If you would start doing this, then this would happen. So many of us in church today look at church and we feel like all we got to do is come in, sing a few songs, raise your hand, pray a couple of prayers, and run out the door, and we can go live any kind of life we want to. Y'all, Satan has got you so wound up in a web, you'll never find victory in Jesus. You'll never find the victory in the shed blood of Jesus when you continue to live those kind of lives. He says, Paul says, grace to you. I want you to have grace from the grace of God. How many of y'all got things in here that you don't deserve? Anybody in here besides... Think about the things that you've got in your life you've been blessed with, but you don't deserve it. You didn't do nothing for it. That's God's grace on you. He sheds His grace on those that He loves. He will promote. He will take care of. I was talking to the the young adults in there today. It says, look, I don't care what your profession is. If you're in the will of God, you love God, you live for God, there is no degree, there is no promotion, there is nothing ever can take place that will benefit you unless God opens the door for you. You can go out and start your own company. You can go make millions of dollars. You can be miserable as all get out because you're not in the will of God. You'll never be happy without God. Grace, peace, peace. How many people in here today need peace in their life? You're in a storm. How many people in here today is in a storm and you need some peace? 
guess what? You need to go back and experience the grace of God again. I talked to him today. I said, look, this class we're starting today, we're going back to ground zero. Just like the day you got saved, I want you in here. I want you to get everything you've been taught. I, we're going to start over. And, 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 you know, every three years I'll go back and I'll, 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 I'll dump what I know and I'll say, God, show me. From the day that I got saved, I'll go back to a 12-year-old boy, and I'll sit down and I'll start reading, I'll start looking, I'll start praying, and start thanking him just like he saved me that minute. And I'll start over fresh to rejuvenate, to revive, to get that enthusiasm, that go, that just praise God, hallelujah, thank you for saving me. God, I'll do anything you ask. If you'll save me, if you'll get me out of this mess, I'll do anything you ask me to. So many times in life, we don't want to go back to that. But from our God the Father, the reason I highlighted this, God wants to be your Father. Now I know there's some folks in here that just, you know, didn't have the best relationship with their Father. I know that. But please don't judge God's faithfulness off of your sorry daddy, okay? Do not do that. Do not judge God's love, kindness, mercy, gentleness, how He wants to take care of you, how He wants to promote you. Don't base it off of some man, what He's done to you or what He didn't do for you. Don't put God's faithfulness on human beings. Because God, because God will never leave you, He'll never forsake you, and He'll always do what's best for you in His will. And it says, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, I asked Him in there, what is Lord? Somebody tell me what Lord means. Means a master. Lord means master. But we have such a hard time submitting ourselves. And I'll tell you, the, the, preaching to the guys is the hardest thing to do because they so dang stubborn in here. I'll be the y'all men are the stubbornest thing I've ever run across in my life because you will not humble yourself down before somebody else. We're too dang proud. We're too proud to know that there's something above us that should control us. And if we willfully give God that ability to say, God, use me. Humble me down. And you know what? Your wife will never submit to you till you submit to God. Your kids will never submit to you till you submit to God. And that's the hardest thing men have to do is to be under the authority of anything. Why? Because you know it all. You're smarter than anybody else. And, and, and ain't nobody can teach you nothing. And guess what? You're in a trap. The devil has got you in a trap. But when you learn to humble yourself down, to submit Christ is the head and we're the body. Men, listen to me today. If you want your family life to change, you need to change. You need to change. Ladies, if you want your husband to change, you need to change. Submission is a hard thing to do, but if you can ever give in to submission. And you know what? Most people think submission is a hard... Submission was a strategy that military leaders would use. It'd be just like this row right here is one part of my army. This row here is another part of my army. And I'd tell y'all, look, you need to go down to the far end of the parking lot and you need to spread out across the end and keep anything from coming into the parking lot. Now, if one of you decided, I'm a McKenzie, if you decided I'm tired of standing down there, I'm going to come back up here on the other end. And the gap you leave, that's where the enemy comes in at. If you'd have been in submission, you'd have stopped that enemy. 
It's not that, that, that you're weak. It's not that you're weary or you can be overrun or you're like. Submission is saying, I'm going to do my job that I've been called to do. That that way the devil can't enter my home by me not being in the position that I should be in as a man. Ladies, same way. Whether your husband's in his position or not, you need to be in yours. Why? Because the Bible says uh, that, a, that a faithful, loving, obedient servant that's married to a lost person, that through your actions they might be saved. We've all got a job to do, but we lack the wisdom and the knowledge. Why? Because the Word of God, that's something we run from. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning when they stand up here singing songs, when folks has got their hands up in the air, when somebody's saying hallelujah, what's going up? Praises. We're blessing God's name. We're blessing Almighty God, the Creator of the universe, by our submission and saying, Lord, we love you, we thank you, we praise you. God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for, for, for saving my children. Lord, thank you for protecting my marriage. Lord, thank you for protecting my children. Lord, thank you for getting my kids home safe last night from whatever they was doing. God, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is blessing. It says, bless be God the Excuse me, God the Father, we are to bless Him, to thank Him, to give just utter praise to Him. And it says, by us doing that, then we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Hang on a second. I looked that up this morning. With all spiritual blessings. What are the spiritual blessings that we've been blessed with? Chosen before the foundation of the earth. Holy and blameless. We're blessed by being in His love. We're blessed by being predestinated to adoption. We're blessed by being accepted by the beloved Father. We're blessed by redemption through His blood. We're blessed by forgiveness of sin. We're blessed by the riches of His grace to abound to you. We're blessed by being made known the mysteries of His will. We're blessed by being uh, ordained an eternal inheritance. We're blessed that we're heard the word of truth. We've been blessed by the seal of the Holy Spirit of the promise. We've been blessed by the knowledge of the hope of His calling. You are blessed, uh, the riches of his, of his inheritance. And it says we're blessed the exceeding greatness of His power. Y'all, there's so many blessings that we can receive that's been given to us. Okay, child being adopted is 12 years old. But his biological parents or grandparents has left a $40 million estate for that child. That child cannot access the inheritance until it becomes an adult. We, as, as children of God, God, he, when He saves you, He saves you in the adult aspect that right then, as soon as you're born again, you can start harvesting the promises, the inheritance that He has us. He can give you that inheritance today. You can have peace and joy and kindness and love and meekness and tenderness and gentleness. These are the things that's already been blessed and you have access to. But you know what? You don't understand the adoption process. It's just you think everything that's waiting for us is all, it's in heaven. 
But he says, I give you access to your spiritual blessings right now. He said, in heavenly places in Christ, where Christ sits at today with authority and the power, He has blessed us with that power and that authority that we can go out and operate in the fullness of His power. These are the things as Christians that we don't understand how to live a full and, and a life that makes us, uh, you know, so many times in life we just don't feel good about ourselves. We don't feel like we amount to anything. We don't feel like we've accomplished anything. In yourself, you'll never accomplish nothing. You'll never be full. You can be happy for a minute. Something good happens. I got a new car. I'm happy. I got a new job. I'm happy. Got a raise. I'm happy. Well, what about when you get to that new job and your boss stinks? What about when you get that raise and it takes the taxes eats all of it up? You think about these things, monetarily things that we see as joy, that's not joy, that's happiness. And happiness can be affected so quickly by other circumstances. But joy cannot be taken away from you. When you have joy, even in the middle of the storm, no matter what you're going through or the things that you're, that's going on or then just, just how's like, God, I'm going to get through this. There's something inside you. When you've got the promises of God, you can still Raise your hands and say, Hallelujah. God, I know you love me. I know you're going to get me through this. When all this is said and done, the things that I've just come through, hey, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be okay. So many of us in life, we get bored in church. It's like, Oh Lord, I wish He'd shut up. Or, oh Lord, I wish they'd quit singing. But we don't have the, 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 the y'all, the desire to know the Word of God. Is the key to your success on this side of glory to having a full, joyful life, knowing that you're secure in the promises of God. And and and, and I'm gonna ask any, any any parent in here that wants something bad for your child. Is there any parent in here that that, that would be willing for their child to to have a, a disease put on them, or a sickness come on them, or 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 or, or, or lose of just anything bad? There's no parent that wants that for that child. But we have this coming. We have children that do have sicknesses. We do have husbands that get sick, wives that get sick, parents that get sick. Y'all, we live in a fallen world. Everybody needs you to understand that. We live in a fallen world today. When Adam sinned, the world was corrupted. And the bad things that's happening from here on out is because sin entered in by one man's choice. Now look, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. I want you to understand this right here. According to Him, before the foundation of the world, He has chosen us from the foundation of the world before it began he should, that we should be holy and without blame before Him, having predestinated us unto an adoption of His children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good will of His, or to the, to the purpose, to the pleasure of His good will. I can't promise you if you totally surrender to God today that you're not going to face adversity, that you're not going to have sickness in your life, you're not going to have financial difficulties in life. But I can promise you this, if you'll submit yourself to God today, He has got a plan for His church. He has got a plan for His people that, that He is going to promote them he is going to use them to reach it. There is nothing more valuable 
I'm going to sit right here and, 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 and Robert and Jessica, the worst thing in your life right now is to know that one of your kids would not be saved and make it into heaven. I mean, you think about this, Norman. That's the worst fear that every one of us is that our children would, would not follow God. Would not devote themselves to God. We would sacrifice our own life if it meant saving one of our children. Do you not think God loves you that much? That He sent His only forgotten Son, His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have a, He sacrificed His child to take care of you and the me. But so many of us in here today, we want to have a fish sticker on our window. We want to have a, a, a cross around our neck. But we do not want a Lord and Savior to govern us. He's not here to govern you. He's here to protect you. He's here to promote you. He's here to guide you. How many folks has made a decision that you thought was right that come back to bite you in the butt? Because you lack the wisdom and the understanding to make a choice. God gives you the wisdom. God gives you the understanding when you seek His guidance. They're coming with a song. Today I want to ask you a question. I don't know who's saved in here and who's not. All I know is that when I was 12 years old, the Lord came to me and spoke, and I accepted His call to salvation. But I'm going to ask you right here and right now, if you're not saved, you're, you're flirting with danger. If the Lord come back right this minute, He called His church home, where would you be at? If you pull out the road in the parking lot, and the car takes your life. Where would you spend eternity? There's so many people sitting here right now saying, well, I've got plenty of time to do that. Do you? Every breath that God blessed us with is a gift. But you know what? I'm trying to call people to help me. Y'all, I need more help now than I ever have to fight a spiritual battle. Because when you come down Stewart's Bridge Road, there's lost and dying people putting their kayaks in that creek and enjoying themselves all morning long. Nothing wrong with floating the creek. But where's their priorities at? Their hope and their prayer, everything about them is in this world. And it said, Paul says, if, 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 my hope, if, my, if my hope was only in this world, how miserable I would be. Y'all today, these are the things I've got to get you to understand. When you get into the Word of God, when God saves you, He redeems you, He sets you apart for a holy and blameless people. It's not, hey, y'all, I'm not a good guy, okay? Please don't think I'm a good guy. If you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. The same about it is that He loved me. He redeemed me. And He's called me to try to help people. That's all He wants out of me. He wants you to submit to Him. He wants you to go to help somebody else. How many of us in here today has got somebody that we need to go help right this minute? They may, they may not make it. They, they don't know Jesus. They've never been saved. That's the kind of people, when, when God's people go back to calling on Him, 
When we start crying, Lord, I remember as a kid, Profile Church, it'd be full. There'd be tears. You'd, you'd get up and the altars would be stained with teardrops where folks was praying over lost souls. And now we have no, no, nobody, nobody cares about the lost anymore. God does. That's why He's still commissioning teachers and preachers and singers to proclaim the Word. Today I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I want to ask you to judge yourself right here and right now. There's nothing embarrassing about this. If you're lost, come up here. I want to explain to you how to be saved. If you're not in God's will, I want you to come up here and pray, God, please forgive me for getting out of your will. I know you love me. I know you saved me. But I want to be a useful tool. I want to be useful to you. I want to help those that are lost. I want to help those that are hurt. Y'all, we need volunteers. God don't force people to join His army. But boy, the ones that join His army, hey, whether you like it or not, you're on the front lines. You can't be on leave. You're always on the front line of war. That may be what's happening in your house right now. That may be be what's happening between you and your children right now. Is that you need them, you need God to help you to reach them, to bring them back into the fold. They're raised in church, they live for God. Somewhere along the way, they've lost their way. Those are the ones we need to be praying for. But I'm going to ask you right here and right now, if somebody here in this building's lost, please come. As they start to sing, there's nothing been done. There has nothing been done that God won't forgive you for. But you know what? You've got to forgive yourself. You've got to forgive yourself for past mistakes to where God can use you going forward. Because your sin, your mistake, is a stepping stone that gets you up out of that Mari pit. Need you to come today. They just praying for our children and their lost. We need to be praying for our co-workers. We need to be praying for our husbands. We need to be praying for our wives. We need people that are willing to humble themselves down today.